Hi everybody, how's it going and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Dead Media Podcast based out of Chicago, Illinois. My name is David Cooper and I will be your host for this podcast episode and if it ever becomes a series, I'll be your host for that as well. However, that remains to be seen. The whole point of this podcast is to provide you with some information on dead media. That is, to provide you with some information on media that's no longer used or has become outdated. Dead media range from things like the abacus uh, to things such as mummification, and there are many more. Um, I'm going to make the effort to take a look at one specific type of dead media in an in-depth setting, and I'll hopefully be able to provide an overview of how it was used and why it eventually became obsolete. So let's jump in and learn all we can about one of the coolest communication methods humankind has ever created, the Native American smoke signal. Before we go into the details of the smoke signal, let's start with a poem. I am told by many of you that I must forgive, and so I shall. After an Indian woman puts her shoulder to the Grand Coulee Dam and topples it, I am told by many of you that I must forgive, and so I shall, after the floodwaters burst each successive dam downriver from the Grand Coulee. I am told by many of you that I must forgive, and so I shall, after the floodwaters find their way to the mouth of the Columbia River as it enters the Pacific and causes all of it to rise. I am told by many of you that I must forgive, and so I shall, after the first drop of flood water is swallowed by that salmon waiting in the Pacific. I am told by many of you that I must forgive, and so I shall, after that salmon swims upstream through the mouth of the Columbia and then past the flooded cities, broken dams, and abandoned reactors of Hanford. I am told by many of you that I must forgive, and so I shall. After that salmon swims through the mouth of the Spokane River as it meets the Columbia, then upstream, until it arrives in the shallows of a secret bay on the reservation where I wait alone. I am told by many of you that I must forgive, and so I shall. After that salmon leaps into the night air above the water, throws a lightning bolt at the brush near my feet, and starts the fire which will lead all of those lost Indians home. I am told by many of you that I must forgive, and so I shall. After we Indians have gathered around the fire with that salmon who has three stories it must tell before sunrise, one story will teach us how to pray, another story will make us laugh for hours, the third story will give us reason to dance. I am told by many of you that I must forgive, and so I shall, when I am dancing with my tribe during the powwow at the end of the world. I was hoping to use poetry to set the tone for the podcast, provide an interesting opening, and to showcase a broader view of Native American culture before we dive into the nitty-gritty. And hopefully, uh, I was effective in doing so. Alexi's poem showcases how important communication was to Native Americans in their day-to-day lives, and in doing so, it helps to show why smoke signals have made such a cultural impact. A smoke signal is one of the oldest forms of communication ever created by man and its roots can be traced back to China and the Great Wall. Soldiers would use smoke signals to notify one another of enemy attacks by utilizing those signals to send messages over a distance. With respect to Native Americans, smoke signals were used throughout North America to convey messages over a lengthy period. However, each tribe utilized those signals differently, and each tribe's specific signals meant different things that would only be known to them. Smoke signals are an ancient method of communication, and they're deeply rooted in Native American tradition. Native Americans used smoke signals in order to get messages back and forth as quickly as possible, not unlike carrier pigeons or even a text you might send today. These signals were used to very quickly get short bits of information across long distances. 
As I'm sure you're already thinking, it would be incredibly useful in times of attack when there are members of the tribe out hunting, or even just to save some time walking. Especially due to the lack of easy modes of communication, spoke signal would have proved imperative for Native Americans in their day-to-day operations, and it's super easy to see how humans have long been looking for quick methods of communication over vast distances for pretty much our entire existence. From the previously mentioned smoke signals, to carrier pigeons, to human beings used as messengers themselves, to pagers, and finally to cell phones, the list goes on ad infinitum. Smoke signals were clearly useful for the Native Americans that used them, and they clearly filled a need, but before we can judge exactly how useful they were, we must take a look at what went into their composition. It goes without saying that in order to actually send a smoke signal, Native Americans would have had to have had the materials required for making a fire. These materials differed from tribe to tribe. While this does make the smoke signal slightly inconvenient for extraordinarily fast communication, certainly less convenient than the text message, they were definitely still a useful means of communication. Uh, Despite the relatively primitive nature of the device, once the fire was lit, it was easy for the user to swing a wet blanket over it in order to send clouds of smoke into the air. So, for example, if a scout were to spot an enemy coming into his tribe's territory, he would begin preparations for the creation of the smoke signal. There would be different codes to signify things such as number of enemies, whether or not they were armed, or even if they had horses. Similarly, the scout could send other messages, and some tribes would only light the signal halfway up the hill as a sign that all was well. Initially, there definitely is some work required for the smoke signal's use, At the end of the day, it still proved to be an effective means of communication utilized by tribes all over the country. As I previously mentioned, as I previously mentioned, uh, the actual meaning behind each specific smoke signal varied from tribe to tribe. But the methodology for making one had some commonality. First, the tribes needed to select the right materials, and for visibility, they generally chose to go with materials that emitted a more visible dark black smoke as opposed to white smoke. Linda Alkin explains the methodology when she says, Virtually all solid materials emit a white smoke when first heated, which is mostly moisture. As a material dries out, the color of the smoke changes. Would materials produce a tan or a brown color? The addition of other materials, such as damp leaves or grass, encourages a thick smoke, and other materials, such as oil and animal dung, might produce a darker smoke. As one might imagine, visibility was key for Native Americans attempting to utilize smoke signals to quickly send messages to their counterparts. So, in keeping with that trend, they also waited to remove the blanket from the fire until enough smoke had built up for it to effectively plume the number of times that they wanted to. Smoke signals, once lit, could be confusing, as Michael Rose points out in his article for Indians.org. He says, There is no general code or standard meanings for the different shapes, numbers, and types of smoke bus. The reason for this is because enemies are also viewing the smoke signals. For this reason, the code is predetermined by the sender and receiver. While this could make smoke signals difficult to understand, it was also a necessary evil in order to prevent them from being read by unintended recipients. They were, after all, giant plumes of smoke in the sky that were purposely engineered to be as visible as possible. While there were some differences in how smoke signals were used by Native American tribes, their communicative purpose was essentially the same, along with the materials that made them. Smoke signals were used to send a myriad of types of messages in Native American culture, and, because of this, proved to be an extremely useful form of communication for those that were able to utilize them. These signals were used for all manner of things, such as warnings, calling for help, or even just to send news. While they tended to be more battle-centric, smoke signals could also have been used for signifying important births or deaths. 
Some smoke signals would even have simply served the purpose of signifying that other smoke signals were meant to be lit. Due to the limited range of smoke's visibility, Alkin explains how this would have been utilized. And when he says, an example of this is a single fire was built first when one smoke signal that indicated success in battle. Then a number of smaller fires, fires in a line side by side might indicate the number of scalps and horses taken. Smoke signals were sent by day and fires conveyed signals at night. Smoke signals were extremely versatile in their various uses and really helped Native Americans to be able to effectively and quickly communicate with each other. While smoke signals were not by any means the only form of nonverbal communication used by Native Americans, they were by far the most effective and are the most widely known. The messages conveyed by smoke signals and their impact on Native American culture both proved to be an important source of cultural and communicative studies for those of us interested in the field. Smoke signals over the years have been culturally important, and that's why they're still occasionally used to some extent. However, it is important to understand why exactly they became phased up. As simple of an answer as it may appear to be, all signs point to the fact that smoke signals fell out of fashion simply because of modernity. They were just no longer practical and better systems have been invented, been invented excuse me, by other groups of people. New York University's Dead Media Archive helps to shed some light on the death of smoke signals and can be quoted as saying, While there is no account of the end of the use of smoke signals, it would be quite probable that as European settlers came to America, their written culture, among other sociocultural changes, replaced that of American Indian smoke signals. As the code and use of smoke signals were created on an ad hoc basis, there was no linear progression of when their use began, how it changed over time, and how the signals became extinct. New communication techniques happened, materials that were easier to use were created, and technology simply surpassed the need for smoke signals among the Native Americans once Europeans arrived in the New World. Despite the fact that there isn't a particularly compelling historical record for how smoke signals eventually died out, or of when they actually did, it remains clear that they would have to have died out primarily because of new technologies that Native Americans would have encountered. The cultural relevance of smoke signals remains clear, but their usefulness as a technology, or lack thereof, is to blame for their inevitable downfall as a means of communication. Despite their position as a dead medium, smoke signals are still occasionally used by certain groups such as the Boy Scouts, which help them continue to be relevant to the culture of the modern day. Rose describes exactly how the Boy Scouts use smoke signals in their day-to-day -day operations. The Boy Scouts of America also use three puffs of smoke in their smoke signals to mean something is wrong. Why they use smoke signals for that as opposed to just calling or walkie-talkies, I'm not totally sure, but their use of them continues to make smoke signals at least semi-relevant to the cultural zeitgeist. Smoke signals are different from many forms of dead media because of the cultural popularity they retain to this day. You can find smoke signals depicted in everything from episodes of Scooby-Doo, such as the 1982 episode titled Runaway Scrappy, where the characters use smoke signals uh, to help themselves escape the jail that they're trapped in, or even to Oscar-winning movies. And that's something that may have to be chalked up to the fact that smoke signals are simply pretty cool. What exactly causes them to continue to be relevant years after their use has been rendered pretty much obsolete. I'm not sure if we'll ever know. However, I do know that they are one of the most interesting pieces of dead media that I've studied, and I'm happy to have gotten to teach all of you something about them as well. Thank you very much for listening. Once again, my name is David Cooper. This has been the Dead Media Podcast, and I'll see you all next time. Maybe.